Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors for today's show, Dusty Diamond Leather. Crystal over at Dusty Diamond Leather makes amazing handmade, one-of-a-kind custom leather and beaded goods. Her products are basically works of art, and I know this firsthand because I just received two beautiful belts from her. I can literally say that they are the nicest belts I've, I've ever owned. You can learn more about Crystal's story and her business if you go back and listen to episode 26 of the Modern Cowboy podcast. And then, hey, head over to Dusty Diamond Leather on Instagram or Facebook and let her know that you heard about her on the Modern Cowboy podcast. Comment on one of her posts, screenshot it, and then DM it to us at the Modern Cowboy podcast on either Facebook or Instagram. Send an address that you would like us to mail one of our new Modern Cowboy stickers to, and we will ship you a sticker. So again, hey, check out Dusty Diamond Leather Instagram and Facebook, you won't be disappointed. And again, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for your support. I, I appreciate it more than you know. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, today, I have a super, super special guest on, Randy Savvy. Uh, Randy is with the Compton Cowboys. Now, I don't know a whole lot about the Compton Cowboys, all only what I've seen on social media and around in some print, but I know this, anytime I see Cowboys or Cowboy related stuff, uh, I love it and I'm into it. We're going to let Randy tell us all about it, but uh, you know, they are Cowboys that are in the city. Randy, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast and excited to have you and excited to find out, you know, how you guys got started and, and you know, what you guys are all about. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Dan, for having me. Uh, super excited to be here. Uh, same, same as you. I'm always uh, into anything and everything, uh, you know, cowboy, cowgirl, horses, Western, whatever, anything related to that whole lifestyle. I'm always super into it. So once you reached out, I was just super all about being on the podcast. So thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so uh, the Compton Cowboys, we... Uh, so let me kind of just give you the kind of get into like how it all, where it came from and then how I got involved in where we are now. So uh, we are in the city of Compton in this small uh, neighborhood called the Richland Farms, which is a really small town uh, here in the city of Compton, actually right next to Compton High in the downtown district. It's so funny that so many, so little people know about it. Even the Compton residents are, are, are still catching on to it. But uh, my aunt, um, was in uh, real estate way back in the 80s and she just through her work she stumbled across this neighborhood called this Richland Farms neighborhood just by you know doing her work and you know selling houses and different things and when she came through this neighborhood she was like oh man it's a really interesting place you know our family's from the south and uh you know like my grandma and, and, and her um you know great great grandmas and all those folks are all down from Louisiana and so it's kind of in our spirits and in our, in our background that we kind of grew up, you know, with a more Southern uh, lifestyle and also just have that in our, you know, in our energy and you know background. So, uh, 
so she just when she came over here she was like oh man this reminds me of you know the south and this reminds me of the country and you know i really like this this idea of being able to live in the city and still live a, a outdoors really like rural kind of lifestyle so she was like word i'm gonna you know i'm gonna move here you know so that's what she did she um when she uh you know, got a horse and, uh, and, and I think she had two horses at the time, but her partner had a horse and they moved here and, um, everything was okay, uh, for a very short, for a really short time. And, but she realized really quickly that, whoa, you know, this is still the city of Compton in the late eighties and nineties where we're at the height of all of this really, uh, just crazy kind of, uh, uh, things that were going on in the in the culture and in the streets and in politics and all these different things. You got to think about this is when you know the crack epidemic was heavy. You know, you got then you got all the police brutality, so all the Rodney King stuff was happening, and then you got we had a corrupted uh, government, uh, local government, and just obviously the street gang stuff with the drugs and crime and all that stuff. So all that stuff was really prevalent. You know, you were kind of rampant here at that time, and she, you know, it was she wasn't. It's not something that she was thinking about. I, you know, she was just a real estate uh, lady and uh, just like this neighborhood moved and kind of realized after the fact. So <clears throat> one thing led to another over the years. Um, our her kids who were my cousins um, kind of started being affected by that, those things, especially the street life stuff, the gangs and the drugs and crime and stuff. And uh, uh, at, at one point, my cousin, who uh, he's fine now, he's, he's moving around doing his own thing he's, as a trucker and stuff. But at that time, he was 14 years old. He got shot uh, right here on our street uh, at, the, at the gas station at the corner. Just, you know, had a run in with some local, uh, some local gangsters. And, uh, you know, he was kind of running around in that circle, in those circles. And so, you know, he ended up being a victim of that whole thing. And that was really traumatic, obviously, for our whole family. And, uh, you know, at that point, my aunt, who was his mother, um, said, you know, had to make a decision to uh, either leave. She said that she, you know, she always said she had she, her, the two decisions she was faced with at the time was, yeah, I'm going to leave and take my family to a safer, nicer place. Or I'm going to stay here and make a difference and change this place because you know that those are the only two options. You know, in her in her mind, there wasn't any options outside of that. Uh, and so she, you know, very quickly settled on, you know, what I'm not leaving and I'm going to stay here and change the place because you know that's one of the main problems that we see in our community, uh, being in this in the inner city and in the African American community is that uh, a lot of our people who end up making it, you know, and becoming, achieving some sort of level of success, they usually leave and go to, you know, <laughs> greener pastures, if you will, you know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, so what happens is you, what's, what gets left behind is all of the, the, the gunk, you know, all of the, the crime, the drugs, the, the cricket, uh, you know, the gang members, the cricket ministers and everybody else. And that just creates a cycle of negativity and, uh, you know, and, and, and trauma and all these different things in the, in the community. So she said she wasn't going to do that. Cause she didn't want to go out like that. Cause what kind of person would she be and how could her spirit, how could she live with herself? if she just abandoned the other mothers and families who their kids were being shot in the streets and, you know, falling victim the, you know, becoming hooked on drugs and other things and going to jail and being killed and other things like that. So, um, she decided to stay and she said, okay, if I'm going to stay, I need to figure out what I'm going to do to make a change here. 
you know, there's a lot of different options and different things that she had to think about. But she had a light bulb moment when she was thinking about how all the time when she's out on her horse and her kids were out on the horses, all these kids always would follow her home, follow her around or, or uh, you know, come knocking on the door and, and asking, can they ride and can they see the horses? Mm-hmm. So she was like, aha, you know, if I can use the horses as a lure in the community to lure the kids in, you know, basically to distract them from all that stuff. And then when they come through here to ride my horses, I can start, you know, teaching them things and mentoring them and tutoring them and helping them, you know, get on the right track. So that's what she started doing. She started, uh, you know, one thing it started with her kids and then her kids' friends and then me and my, my brother who were, uh, born into it they were they're a little bit older than us maybe five six seven years older than us and so when we were born we kind of just fell into it and so you know one kid two kid three kid a dozen kids two dozen kids and you know same with the horses one horse two horse three horses four you know 10 horses 12 well at one point at the height of it all we had we had about 22 horses uh mostly here at our ranch with some spread out you know like i was saying earlier we had a couple in malibu and long beach and other things but so Fast forward now, 30 years down the line, you know, we're 30 years in and they're actually, we're having our, her, she, her and uh, her um, board members and all the founders of the organization are actually uh, doing a big retirement ceremony and where they're transitioning all the new leadership to us as company cowboys to take on the new, uh, the new leadership of the organization. But yeah, third, this is now where we are now. It's 30 years worth of community work, not uh, official nonprofit organization where we were using uh, you know, horses to keep kids off the streets and the Compton Cowboys represent that story. We are a group of, uh, you know, kids who one way or another came through the program, got together, stuck together, became real life, you know, horsemen and horsewomen and cowboys and, and did the whole lifestyle, whether it was, you know, camping or doing parades and doing rodeo and doing, you know, hunter jumper stuff in English and all kinds of other stuff. And, uh, we were just a, a unit. Uh, now, you know, we're alumni of the organization. You know, we were the kids who came in through the 90s. We were second generation. The first generation was the, her kids. The first, her kids and, the, and, and their friends were a little older than us, as I said earlier. But, uh, yeah, we're second generation. We represent the kids who came in during the mid-90s, the one that we know we needed it more than anybody because, you know, we, without this ranch and these horses, who knows what we would have been involved in just by being kids in the neighborhood. You know, it, 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 the, the crazy thing about where we live is you don't even have to go seeking out the bad stuff. It'll just find you. And, uh, you know, you'll, before you know it, you'll look up and, uh, you'll be, you know, a member of a gang or you'll be selling drugs or take doing drugs or whatever before you even, you know, without even consciously deciding on that stuff uh it just kind of is part of the the culture here and so uh amongst other things i don't want to say compton is just a a big old giant pot of of, of madness but you know where the particular communities where we were growing up in it was this is the stuff that was really prominent so uh you know we are the kids who we represent that story of kids coming in off the streets and being having a, a facilitated program and having horses as friends and having things to do related to this lifestyle uh, that, you know, made us who we are today. And so now today, you know, we're starting to share, get out there and in this era where everything's so uh, media oriented with, you know, social media and then you got all this really cool online stuff. And then this, this is just a new generation. So, you know, our thinking was, Hey, you know, why don't we get out there and showcase ourselves, you know, our, 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 uh, what we do and who we are through, through those means. And, 
you know, it show you know how how the the horse culture is really diverse and lively and well here in Compton and in other places. And so that's what we're doing now. We're just out in the world sharing our story and starting to get some really cool support from all over the world and doing a lot of really cool stuff in entertainment and media arts. And uh, it's really exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm just amazed at just hearing that story <clears throat> and it's, you know, uh, just hearing about it now because your aunt actually started it 30 years ago. Yeah. Established 1988. She, uh, she just said, Hey, I'm going to start doing stuff with these kids. And, uh, now it's 2018 and we're having after 30 years, you know, she dedicated her life to the, to that work for 30 years. And over the, over the course of that time, uh, uh, she, you know, we've had kids go through, get scholarships for, you know, horse stuff and we've saved lives and touched lives and, uh, showed kids a whole bunch of new different professions and opportunities and just, man, all, you know, all kinds of stuff that just through her willpower and her heart and her, you know, her hustle, just pulling it all together and making it happen and using the horses as that, that, that guiding factor. Yeah. yeah. Now, how, how many, um, do people like join the organization? Um, how does that work? How, how, how does someone become affiliated with it? Um, you know, neighborhood kids and, and, and so on. Yeah. So there's two. So the Compton Cowboys, we're, we're, we are an alumni club. That's kind of a, a closed circle uh, just our group of, uh, of, 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 uh, of, uh, individuals who, who came in through that era. So we're, we, we're not a, a unit that can be joined or, or anything like that, but we're alumni of the nonprofit organization, which the nonprofit organization is totally open to support from everywhere and members from everywhere. Uh, before, you know, if the kids want to sign up, we, we serve ages eight to 18. Um, uh, and if when kids want to sign up, they just come down, they come down, bring their parents, fill out the application, make sure they meet the, you know, very minimal requirements, just mostly like health and, and, and safety stuff. And, uh, yeah, they can sign up and join and be, and then they come, they can start coming to classes, coming to all the different workshops and, you know, different events that we do as far as adults. Um, uh, we uh the opportunities we have for adults mostly through volunteering and some uh, some staffing uh but mostly volunteer stuff and in kind so we always welcome in kind services uh from professionals who might you know there might be people who are good at uh you know people who are you know um farriers or equine dentists or equine therapy people and all those kinds of people who come in and uh end up uh getting associated with the organization just by volunteering and uh you know sometimes we might hire staff that you know you know that helps run the classes or teaches the programs or teaches the riding lessons and so uh yeah it's just a, it's a fully functional organization right now we're in this process of transitioning into the new era of the organization which will be led by uh us as the company cowboys uh as the alumni who are going to take over the leadership and management of the organization uh and in our group even though it's the cowboys we have nine guys and one lady one girl uh and uh, and we're going to be doing some really exciting new stuff into the new uh into the new uh hopefully the start of the new year we've been closed down over the summer and through the through the uh through the end of 2018, just so we could do this uh, retirement event and also just re, re, reorganize, re, refocus, and, and uh, relaunch. Nice. Now, um, so you guys, uh, so you're going to, you know, launch the, the, you know, the new company uh, first of the year. Yeah, by the way, that's going to be called, that's, that's, it's right, the, the, organ the nonprofit organization is called the Compton Junior Posse. 
Okay. Uh, it's it, 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 that was the that's been the name of it over the last over these over these thirty years, and we're uh, moving forward. We're going to rebrand the organization the, the, to be the Compton Junior Equestrians, uh, and so uh, that's where we are moving moving forward as as a note. So the Compton Junior Equestrians will, is what's going to be the the the, func- the the functioning nonprofit uh, organization that is going to be the youth equestrian organization. Okay. And and you guys have a website for that as well or or is it just Yeah, right now you can just totally go to the Common Junior Posse website and that what we're gonna do is just we're gonna just, you know, change the URL and not once we rebrand fully, but uh, it's www.comptonjuniorposse.org. Junior is J R, not Junior, the whole word spelled out. Compton J R Posse dot org. Uh, and that's where you can uh, we'll be posting all the announcements and that's where you can read all about the history and what we've done and things we're looking to do in the future. Now your your aunt, um, she's the one that that founded it. What what what's your aunt's name? Maisha Akbar. M a y i s h a, Akbar A K B A R. She is a you know she's worked her her, her behind off for thirty years and she's like man you know I love what what I'm doing but I you know it's a lot of work and she's elderly now so she just wants to retire and go get she or now she just she just got a new a uh, place out in Horsetown, USA, out there in Norco. Uh, she got a nice little spot with a little farm up there, a ranch out there, and took, got her a few horses out there, and then with her with her partner, and they're just settling down and trying to just take it easy. Nice, uh, uh, you know. So they just obviously, uh, and it's really it's quite divine. I feel like the way that's all played out timing wise, because you know, as we've been heating up as the Compton Cowboys been heating up and getting a lot of public attention and uh, just kind of getting together and getting, re- getting back uh, um, involved with the ranch, super hardcore and, and uh, thinking about the future of the kids and stuff. All of it's been happening at the same time. We've been heating up and, and the organization has been kind of cooling off, if you will. And so, uh, you know, we're just going to go make a quick uh, handoff and then uh, it'll get all, you know, keep it all flowing. So, cause they, they were really worried about, obviously the future of the organization because there weren't the, the the challenge is firstly you know there's so many challenges with building with the nonprofit organization as far as sustainability because many times it's not uh, a fully uh, functional and super organized business you know it's just really some person with the passion who is out there hustling to, to keep it going and it's hard to really you know get the right folks uh, and, and structuring or in, in place to really get the get everything flowing healthily and, and you know becoming a well oiled machine so that way it could sustain into the future and so especially here in Compton where it's like we got you know we're in Compton you know where might where which is so infamous and has such a bad rep you know unfortunately uh, it's actually a really beautiful place but uh, it has such a bad rep for all these things and so it's hard to get people to you know dedicate to coming down here and being down here right. and. Uh, and and then 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 you got the whole thing of um, just uh, you know having the the uh, you know having the, the the horses and the ranch and it's so expensive and then you got all these kids who you know don't really have family structure so you know and they have all come in with all types of different issues uh, and so it's just hard to get people to say hey you know I'm gonna dedicate. Uh, my life or my working life at least to this organization in a sustained way right. obviously the funding challenges is, is, is just uh, you know the most obvious thing you know for every any nonprofit the funding part is such a big uh, uh heavy weight to to, to 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 pull and uh you know so it's been challenging and uh 
So, you know, all of this time, this 30 years, it's, we've kept it a lot. We've, my aunt, you know, like I said, through her willpower and her, you know, her, 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 just her, her whole skill set and everything she brings to the table, she was able to keep the train moving, but we were never really able to make it pick up speed and, and move it and, and push it further. You know, it, it mm-hmm. kind of just has been, you know, moving along the tracks. Uh, and so, uh, what we're trying to do now is, uh, you know, as we've, uh, that we've committed to as, as our alumni club, we've committed to taking, you know, that mission of moving it further, taking it further and, and pushing it and get growing it and, and making it more healthy and more, uh, you know, sustainable and just making it more well oiled and organized. So that's what we're doing now. For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions and NFR qualifiers. But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at FSRCattleCompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222 and let us help find your next winner. Again. That's FSRCattleCompany.com. Now, the, the ranch you guys have uh, right now, is that, is that in the nonprofit too, or, or did your aunt own that? Or Yeah, so what it is is this, this neighborhood, this Richland Farms neighborhood is a, is a residential neighborhood. The ranch is here. Uh, everybody in this, all the properties in this neighborhood are on uh, half-acre lots. Okay. Uh, and so uh, what we did was, uh, and, and, and it's dedicated to, it's, it's zoned in the D of the na- of the community way back in uh, 1888, I believe is when it was incorporated, yeah, we were in, when Compton was incorporated. G.D. Compton, uh, the founder of Compton, he um, deeded this community that it, as such that it had to remain it's, as a residential, agricultural zoned neighborhood. So when the city came in and started building up, uh, you know, they couldn't really make this neighborhood all city-like, so it had to remain very ranchy. And so all the properties on the, in this neighborhood are still very much ranchy-style properties. And so when my aunt moved here, uh, she moved, she got her property on a half acre. And then uh, my dad, you know, saw who, who saw what she was doing, it was, you know, super inspired and, and wanted to commit to that, you know, work as well. And moved down here after her shortly two years after her so and by 1990 we were here and then we moved uh once the people in between our properties my aunt had one house there was a house in the middle and then there was our house mm-hmm. and then so the house in the middle the houses in the middle were occupied and once those people left my dad hurried up and gobbled those properties up uh while aunt and my dad gobbled those properties up together and so we have three adjacent properties that our family lives in and owns and so uh, what we did was we just combined the backyards. We knocked all the, you know, we got, we got help. We got, we, we worked with the city and, and they really were really supportive. And uh, we just put all the backyards together. So now the backyards are actually uh, 
combined to create one big branch and there's four stalls and we got a big hay barn and tack rooms and everything else. So that's what we use to run the organization from here. So uh, right. well, that's just like the home base where we do all the work. Gotcha. Okay. And then, um, so is, is there, is there a riding arena close by or is there um, other open, you know, fields to ride in? I know you guys ride, you know, in town too. And, and I'm interested to hear about that as well, but, um, how does that work? Yeah, well, our ranch we have a our ranch we have a big ground we have a big arena. Uh, how it's set up is the there's one big arena and then all around the arena are the stalls. So when you come back here, there's actually plenty of space to ride. Okay. Uh, as far as like doing doing tra- if you're doing stuff like whether you're doing, you know, what we do uh, mostly is uh, uh, fundamentals training and then the athletics training uh, here. So we you know we do all the. Bare, you know uh, all the bare bones stuff like you know teaching balance and 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 uh and horsemanship and all that and then you know as you elevate as you you get to graduate to higher levels where you can start with, uh, learning rodeo training you know we set up barrels and different things set up training that and then we also do um, english stuff where we set up all the obstacle and jumper uh um, um <clears throat> uh jumper courses and, and do that whole thing but uh in the local area there's actually a a park equestrian park it's called the riverbed over which is like five minutes down the road uh right it runs alongside the la river as it runs through long beach where where it runs through here through compton and long beach there's a there's a whole horse uh stable over there where there's arenas and there's a trail that runs down through there and then there are stalls and boarding and all that kind of stuff down there and then they do all kinds of Growing up, we did all kinds of uh, events over there. Well, mostly play days, which are which are essentially just really informal rodeos, right. and uh, and uh, and then um, all kinds of other you know other stuff. We go ride, go trail over there sometimes, and different things like that. But uh, yeah, so there's you know there's places to ride. You know, uh, it's it's alive and well in uh, you know different spaces around here. Yeah, that's crazy that you know that that has all been going on there and uh, for all these years, but. You know, I mean, I've never heard about it, and uh, it's just, it's just interesting, you know. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's like I was saying, many people haven't heard about it, including our own residents here in the city. It's funny, you know. We ride around just locally. We don't go anywhere far. We we stay in Compton. We don't even leave the. We pretty much stay in the you know in the farms or the local the adjacent neighborhoods here. And, right. And. Uh, People still, when we ride by, they're still amazed and take out their phones and record and take pictures and you know they just all smile and you know you would think like, hey, you live, you live, you you live right next, you know, right neighborhood right next over, and the neighborhoods aren't big, they're tiny, you know. It's like you can see from one end of the neighborhood to the other end just by standing on, on at the at the border, you can look through to the other side of the neighborhood. So like, the neighborhoods are small, and just to think that. Um, it's so divided off, but that's one thing about the geography of the of the city here, because of because of uh, just by nature of circumstance with the with the street stuff, like with the gangs and um, kind of like with the race thing. Right. Every it it it's it it's so it's very much so. I don't even want to say segregated because that's not what it is, but it's just everyone kind of sticks in their own space. So. Yeah. You know, if you live in one neighborhood, you don't really venture off into the other neighborhoods too much because, you know, you could run into trouble over there. Right. Uh, and stuff like that. So it makes sense that people wouldn't really much know about us, even though we've been here all this time. Right. But it's just like, 
you would you you know you think like man you know I'm I'm your neighbor you know and I you know we we have these horses and you know everybody's still super surprised and uh, excited to see us out and doing our thing and stuff so yeah that's that's so cool though but you know it, it's a, just a testament to to you know how the horse and how horses can you know bring people together too because like you say people see you riding down the street on a horse and and uh, they just you know pull out their phones and you know they they want to be a part of it you know and uh, I, I think it's I think it's so cool now now growing up did were, did you did you like you know watch western movies or uh, you know how did you get interested in in the horses were you were you always interested in them or how'd that come about Randy. Well, uh, funny, I, as long as I can remember, I was already, I was always riding. So I think, cause by the time I was born, my aunt was, all, I was born in 1990. Uh, my aunt was here in 88. And, uh, by the time my memories, you know, as far back as my memory serves me, which is probably back to when I was like five or something, meaning like 1995. So by 1995, as far back as I can remember, I was already riding my yeah. whole life. And so, yeah. uh, but I do remember my dad man my dad loves western movies uh-huh. and um my aunt was always like i said she was always into horses i think when she was growing up in harbor city when well, somebody some neighbors of hers had a horse and uh she just loved it uh and I, like i said our family's all from the south and stuff so um yeah, all that whole thing but uh she yeah she uh yeah my dad always loved westerns my aunt was already always into the horse thing she kind of came first and my dad that's one of the things that kind of just drew him here anyway because he was like oh we get to do community work and we get to do stuff with horses that's kind of was a no-brainer for him yeah and uh because he hit my, my granddad his dad that was that was one of his favorite things he would just sit around you know my dad always jokes about my you know his dad was all he did was sit around and drink and watch westerns <laughs> and um <laughs> You know, which sounds kind of fun, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, and that's so great. that's what he did with, 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 with his dad as a, as a kid. And so I never really watched many Westerns with my dad. I did. He always would. The ones that were really exciting, he would always be like, yo, y'all should watch this. Or he would have, you know, one of my our favorite ones is Tombstone. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, classic film, Western film. But there were many of them that uh, we I'd seen over the years. But I, I don't think that's what drew what kind of interested me or drew me in. I, I, I think it's just being born and being and living here already and having it, the whole community already like that was kind of just natural. I don't ever remember being like, Oh, I want to get in the horses, you know? Right. So it was kind of just like, a, it was like you were a in lifestyle a- thing, like born. <laughs> and I walk outside and when I was, you know, when I, by the time I could start walking, I could walk out the back door and there's horses in the back. Yeah. So um, it was always kind of like a natural thing. And it's funny to, to bring that up because, we grew up with it so we never really looked at this whole thing as so spectacular like you know like at the rest of the world all they see what we're doing and they're so blown away and they say all these really nice words and say what we're doing is so inspiring and it's so magical and all these things right we never looked at it as that because we you know if you grow up with something it's normal to you so like right. you know if it's just part of your life you do it and you don't really see it as some super awesome different magical thing but right. as grown-ups now you know, this is what got us really excited to even inspire us to move towards the, doing the Compton Cowboys thing um, because we recognize that special magical thing that everybody's been seeing and saying all this time. Just being grown and looking and, and understanding the understanding the reality of it and understanding just the 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 the, 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 the yeah. yeah the significance of it all is like yeah. you know we were like man wait a minute like you mean to tell me all this time we've been young black cowboys in this community where there's hardly any of us. And then on top of that, 
you know, we've been with these magical creatures, these horses, or, you know, you get out into the world and, you know, you start moving around the city, you're on the freeway, you're, you know, when you grow up around uh, in the city, you just grow up around mostly, especially in the inner city, man, it's just nothing but concrete, gates, fences, walls, you know, cars, trucks, and it's not a lot of dirt and trees and different things. So uh, you kind of just, you kind of, you're kind of removed from that whole nature thing but we weren't removed from it as much because we always had the rent. So we all, you know, it was a, now being grown, looking at that whole picture, it's like, wait a minute, this is really like what made us who we are. This is what kept us connected and grounded and humble and right. all these different things is having this nature and this environment and this ranch and these horses to do that. And so now we, we're like, oh man, we gotta, you know, we gotta get out there and with the world and share this and also, you know, uh, you know, just use all, all you know, this is going to be our way to, to raise awareness and, and fundraise and do different things for the community organization. And then now we're like, man, we got to pay, we got to continue the legacy and pay it forward. Yeah. So that's what kind of is the fuel to our fire right now is like seeing how cool it is and how, 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 uh, how special it is yeah. and how impactful it is for the community is like those things all combined is like, it's a no brainer for us to, to just, make that to dedicate our, you know, our, our time to doing this work, to doing this stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I can see, you know, your guys brand just, I, I could see you just growing this brand. I mean, I, I, the Compton Cowboys, I could see Compton Cowboy hats and t-shirts in boot barn. I mean, it's just, it's just like a, a super, super cool thing, you know? Oh yeah, man. We're going to take it through the roof, man. We actually just did a shoot. Uh, we're, we're, we're still working on developing and all that stuff is coming soon. The merchandise stuff is coming soon, but yeah, we've been working with, and that's, what's so exciting is like, we knew once we started getting out there that we could be the kind of, uh, the catalyst to bring, you know, inner city culture and yeah. rural culture together Yeah. because you know, where, who, who, who else more better well positioned than us to do that. You know, I always think about, people like Ray Charles who was playing his music and he'd go down South where it's all segregated and Jim Crow. And then he started jamming cause he was mixing gospel and rhythmic and all these different things. And then all the white crowds and the black crowds would start knocking down those, those, those gates and those fences yeah. and those ropes and, and dancing together and getting on stage together. And I think about that image and I think about what we're doing is like the same thing. It's like, people in the inner city, you know, there's this whole stigma from either side is like, you know, country yep. folk don't like city folk and city folk don't like country folk. And then it's like the black and white thing. And then, yep. you know, all that stuff. So it's like, we're like, so we walk that line. So in the middle is so much balance. It's like, we're going to be that figure that we're going to, we're going to position ourselves to bring those cultures together and do some really high, high level, high power work. And so, uh, all these brands and the it's to, it's so amazing. Not really surprising, but it's like awesome to see, like to be to have that reassurance and that vindication of like it's happening. And all these brands been recognizing that. Like we've been we've been working with some of the biggest brands in 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 the Western space. It's like we just did. You know, we did a thing with uh, Stetson earlier on the year where they gave us a whole bunch of stuff. Came down, did some photos with us in the neighborhood. We were. We just did a whole shoot a few weeks ago with Boot Barn for their holiday catalog. Oh, you did? We did okay. some stuff with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to awesome. be in the holiday catalog and the in-store catalog uh, for the holiday uh, stuff uh, this season. So that's going to be super dope. Um, we're going to be, we just did a, a shoot for Wrangler. Uh, so that's for their denim, all their, all their uh, really cool denim stuff. So uh, that's happening. 
uh, we're about to queue up a, 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 a collaboration with Ariat to do some stuff for their athletic leisure stuff. So, like, you know, it's really, really so exciting to see, like, what what our mission is mm-hmm. actually taking happening right before our eyes. It's like we're going to be so in that position to bring culture together, to unite cultures and show how robust and diverse this whole space is actually, you know, it's not just like, you know, the whole cowboy image has been like the Marlboro man, right? right. Or like John Wayne and those guys. And, you know, but, you know, there are so many and so many other cowboys and cowgirls all throughout the world. Yep. And it's our, it's time for us to show what our side of it looks like. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, you know, our, our URL for, for modern cowboy is moderncowboy.global. And if you listen to the intro on my podcast, it's, you know, uh, about businesses, cowboy lifestyles and, uh, you know, uh, inspiration, motivation, and entertainment around the world. And, and even though, you know, we look at cowboys as an iconic American figure, which it is, but it's also an iconic worldwide figure. And, uh, and Absolutely. It's amazing. I mean, even my podcast gets downloaded in, uh, I mean, everywhere, Israel, Japan, Germany, Austria, I mean, all over the place. So, and you know, and, and like me, I didn't grow up on a ranch and I've talked about it before on the podcast. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people don't have that opportunity to, and, and, you know, you'll hear about like the Cowboys a dying breed and this and that. Well, I don't think it's a dying breed. I think it's a growing breed. And, and, and just like what you guys are doing, I think can just help bring it, uh, into light in, in, in different cultures, different areas where it, it is sustainable. You know, we get negative stuff about rodeo, negative stuff about, uh, you know, horses and, and, you know, raising cattle or whatever. And people just don't understand that uh, because they haven't been exposed to it and they're not aware of it, uh, you know, in the culture that goes on today. And we need to do that to be able to expand the fan base of, of you know, rodeo, uh, ranching and cowboy lifestyles and it you know not everybody can live on a 10,000 acre ranch in wyoming you know although you know yeah exactly a lot of us would like to but that doesn't mean you know you can't be a cowboy and live the cowboy lifestyle so um i think what you right what you guys are doing is is just uh, amazing and uh i'm just uh, i'm excited to see where it goes Thank you so much, man. We're, you know, we appreciate the support and uh, that's what we aim to do. You know, we want to just show like, just it's, it's a, it's such a, and the, the beautiful part about it all is the the central figure in this whole thing is the horse, right? It's like man and steed, you know, go back way before all this race and in civilization and and cultural divide and class class division and race division and sex division and any division you can name right you know that's been the you know the staple of like civilizing the world and and like building building the societies and all these different things so really the horse is uh, the probably the most unifying figure that you can find out there as far as humans are concerned so uh you know we're like how do we continue to share that message and, and show it through what we do? And, you know, it, it's in, especially in a time in a climate where we are now, where there's so much ism, so many isms, classism, racism, sexism, bigotry, you know, right. All that stuff. There has to be some sort of what's going to be the, the thing that cuts through all that and unites people. And we really strongly feel that it's going to be the horse. And yeah. so, uh, we're just showing, you know, Hey, here we are. We're on the horses. We have relationships with these horses and you know, it's, it's man and steed and women and steed and, 
And, uh, and so, you know, we're, 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 we, you know, we'd love to be able to, part of our vision is to be able to, you know, travel the world and go touch base and touch down with all the really, you know, not so uh, popular or not so prevalent cultures, horse cultures in the world, but like, you know, who are the people like us in China or right. who are the people like us in, you know, the, uh, in the Italy. islands yeah. or Italy, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, cause there are horses everywhere. Oh yeah. And, totally. uh, there's horses everywhere because horses were here, you know, before all of us. And we used horses to, to make, to make these places, you know what I mean? So it was like, uh, you know, before cars and motors and engines, there were horses. So there's horses everywhere. So we'd love to be able to travel, go around and just touch base with all the really small pocket, but really, really, uh, really strong, deep cultured horse people around the world. And so that kind of stuff is what we are excited about, you know, sharing and, and just living out. So uh, we appreciate the support to help us, and move along that path that'll be really awesome yeah that's that's so great hey we're getting close to the end of the time here randy but uh so um i i'm i'm assuming that probably tombstone's one of your favorite uh, uh you know western movies uh, do you have uh do you have a favorite uh and dare i say a brand of cowboy hat since stetson was just there it's, it's definitely regardless of that it was stetson now actually um is Stetson because uh, that was the whole excitement with us actually doing a partnership. We were like, man, you know, we actually rock these hats. You know, my, my, my hat that I wear to this day is a hat that my daddy had for 20 years, a Stetson hat that he had done had for 20 years, and he had kept it up, and I actually took it over to Boo Barn to get shaped and clean uh, recently, and he was so – he cried tears about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he gave it to me when I turned 25. And, uh, and that was a special moment for me because he wore that hat, you know, for all the work all over the years that he's done this work here. And it's meant a lot to him and he, what he represents and what we represent to black Stetson felt. And, uh, and, uh, he gave it to me and, uh, and that was a special thing and I take care of it and I wear it, you know, actually over this whole last year, all the, you, you got to imagine how many meetings I've had, I've taken with all the stuff we're doing in the entertainment. And anytime I'm getting suited and booted, <laughs> you know, I put my outfit together, I get my stuff on, and when I'm all done, I throw that Stetson hat on and I go to, and I and I go to work. And that Stetson hat done made, you know, you know, the you know, it's so significant to me for what it represents as far as the story and what we're trying to do. So I wear that hat in all my meetings. I always say I got a few hats, two Stetsons and one uh Vanner hat, which is a new brand new lady we just worked with. But um my Stetsons are the ones I wear. I wear my black hat when I'm doing business, I wear my white hat when I'm having fun. Yeah, and awesome. uh and uh and so i put my black hat on and walk in those meetings and uh it, and, and i do work man and everybody always compliments me on that hat it's a beautiful hat and uh you know and uh it, it, when you look at it you can feel you can tell the story you know you can feel it you can see it that it has some uh some 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 story behind it and all that so i throw that thing on man and, and i do work and, and it's happening you know you see our page you see our influence you see our presence now and all that and that's just man it starts with that hat to me yeah. That's so, great. uh, you know, that's what it's all about. How, how about boots? You got a favorite brand of cowboy boots or? No, nah, not necessarily a favorite brand, man. I kind of just, you know, if I like them, I'll wear them. You yeah. know, I, I actually went in there and, uh, went to boot barn up recently. I had to go in there and get some boots real quick. I was on a budget and I had to go in there and put an outfit together for something I was going to do. And I found some really, uh, some just small, you know, boot barn store brand, Cody James boots. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, I like these, you know, I yeah. just threw them on. They were like 80, 80 bucks, you know, boots, and, you know, boots be costing so much money. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, I just quick little pair of $80 Cody James boots, uh, you know, square toes. And I put them on and Hey, they, they do the job. And I was like, I like these. So I still got those, uh, you know, I really love that. I love, um, uh, 
Ariot's um, a low cut um, uh, boots with the um, with the with the shoelaces. I love those. Yeah. So those are like this. You know, I love those because those really play on the line of like a fashion thing, right? Because you know, you go in and you like if you go into a store like Aldo or uh, you know any of these high fashion brand stores. They all a lot of them. They really some of, you know a lot of them really do play on the Western thing. They really oh, do yeah. boots, right? Like yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of brands do boots. And uh, but I like the fact that Ariat is an actual, you know, uh, horse uh, equestrian Western, uh, you know, and I don't even know what Ariat is a 90 percent Western company. I thought they were all English, which is really exciting. Our, our partner over there actually yeah. exposed us to that whole thing. But, um, yeah, I love their low cut boots because they're like a fashion thing. And I'm super into like the fashion of Western and stuff. Oh, I like yeah, one, of my, one of my one of my yeah, one of my goals is to like, you know, beat walk that line and bring that Western high fat West blend Western with high fashion. And so, um, yeah, man, I love Ariat's low cut boots with the with with the shoelaces, man. I throw those things on when I'm doing all my Hollywood, stuff, my Hollywood uh, sh- shuffling and jiving, and yeah. uh, and uh, they, and they look sweet, man. They look sweet. You know, you know, people always go, where? You know, because all the all the fashion people, they don't know nothing about no Ariat. They, you know, they wear <laughs> all that other shit. They're wearing, you know, Hermes and and you know all those brands and, and Dolce and you know Balenciaga and whatever. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, these Ariat. You know, I can, you know, what I love about them is. I can put them on, go out there and look cool and do my whole thing. And people ask about them and they look dope, right? And then I can go right back outside and hop on my horse and ride off. And, and, and they accomplish both. You know, they're real yeah. boots meant yeah. for riding, but they look nice. So it's like it's a win-win situation. Yeah, that's it's very cool, man. So cool. Well, Randy, hey, I, man, I tell you, I, I just uh, was so exciting to have you on. And, and I just uh, really excited to see you know, where you guys, uh, where you guys go and develop this brand and, and your mission and the impact it has. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I support you guys a hundred and 110% and, and, uh, look forward to, to meeting you in person here one of these days, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. We got to do that, man. Where are you at? We're out in LA. I'm in Compton. Where are you yeah. doing your podcast from? We're, we're in uh, Arizona. So, you know, we're about, okay. Yeah, we're like, five, I don't know, five and a half hours to San Diego. Yeah, I haven't been out there. I got people out there. I know what's up. Uh, I haven't yeah. been out there. I got people in Glendale and Phoenix and, and oh, yeah. uh, Tucson and all that shit. So, um, yeah, no doubt. Okay, man, we appreciate the support. Thank you for having me on again. And to all the listeners, man, thank you guys for listening. And, you know, if you, you know, just go Google us, Copy Cowboys. Just type it in. It'll pop right up and uh, support what we're doing. And, uh, you know, look forward to just doing this whole thing and being a part of the lifestyle. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You bet. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems 
Yeah, we're gonna saw down at the roping pen. Yeah, we don't do it for the money. Yeah, we're always broke. Just ask Clint what he paid a rope. Now he's lost a dozen wives. Half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, if you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins, down at the rope and pin. Turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down at the roping.